you're sitting here and you want to present a message for uh, more people to understand. This was January 2022, and the Federal Reserve puts this on their website. Money and payments, the U.S. dollar in the age of digital transformation. And you would like to read this for the listener. The Federal Reserve System is the central bank of the United States. It performs five key functions to promote the effective operation of the U.S. economy and more generally, more gimmily, the public interest. The Federal Reserve conducts the nation's monetary policy to promote maximum employment and stable prices in the U.S. economy, promotes the stability of the financial system and seeks to minimize and contain systemic um, uh, activity through monitoring and engagement in the U.S. and abroad, promotes the safety and soundness of individual financial institution, or we say, as Socrates does, beautiful bodies, beautiful souls, beautiful symposiums, and monitors their impact on the financial system as a whole, fosters payments and settlement system safely and effectively through services to the banking industry and U.S. government that facilitate U.S. dollar transactions and payments and promotes consumer protection and community development through consumer-focused supervision and examination, research and analysis of emerging consumer issues and trends issues and trends, community economic development activities, and administration of consumer connections. These are the contents. First, we start with an executive summary, then an introduction, then the payment system, then about digital assets, then the central bank digital currency, and seeking comments and next steps. And then it gives appendix and references. Here is the executive summary. For a nation's economy to function effectively, its citizens must have confidence on its money and payment services. The Federal Reserve, as the nation's central bank, works to maintain the public's confidence by fostering monetary stability, financial stability, and a safe and efficient payment system. This paper is the first step in a public discussion between the Federal Reserve and stakeholders about central bank digital currencies. CBDCs. For the purpose of this paper, a CBDC is defined as a digital liability of a central bank that is widely available to the general public.
In this respect, it is analogous to a digital form on paper money. The paper has been designed to foster a broad and transparent public dialogue about CBDCs on broad and about the potential benefits and risks a U.S. CBDC have. The paper is not intended to advance any specific outcome or position, nor is it intended to signal that the Federal Reserve will make any imminent decisions about the appropriateness of issuing a CBDC. Here's the background. Payment technologies offered by the Federal Reserve have evolved over time. In the Federal Reserve's early years, it established a national check clearing system and used dedicated telegraph wires to transform funds between banks. In the 1970s, the Federal Reserve developed an automated clearinghouse, ACH system, that offered an electronic alternative to paper checks. In 2019, the Federal Reserve committed to building the FedNow service, which will provide real-time, around-the-clock, interbank payments every day of the year. You spell it PGD now. Recent technological advances have ushered away on a new private sector financial products and services, including digital wallets, mobile payment apps, and a new digital assets such as cryptocurrencies and stablecoins. These technological advances have also led central banks around the globe to explore the potential benefits and risk of issuing ACBDC. Federal Reserve policymakers and staff have studied CBDC closely for several years, guided by an understanding that any U.S. CBDC should, among other things, provide benefits to households, businesses, and the overall economy that exceed any costs and risk, yield such benefits more effectively than alternative methods, complement rather than replace current forms on money and methods for providing financial services, protect consumer privacy, uh, protect the key shareholders. The Federal Reserve is committed to soliciting and reviewing a wide range of views as it continues to study where, whether a U.S. CBDC would be appropriate. Irrespective of any ultimate conclusion, Federal Reserve staff will continue to play an active role in developing international standards for CBDCs. This is key topics. The paper begins with a discussion on existing forms of money, the current state of the U.S. payment system, and its relative strengths and challenges, and the various digital assets that have emerged in recent years, including stablecoins and other cryptocurrencies. The paper then turns to CBDC, focusing on its uses and functions, potential benefits and risks, and related position considerations. 
The Federal Reserve initial analysis suggests that a potential U.S. CBDC, if one were created, would best serve the needs of the United States by being privacy protected, intermediated, widely transferable, and identity verified. As noted above, however, the paper is not intended to advance a specific position outcome and takes no position on the ultimate desirability of a U.S. CBDC. Public outreach. The Federal Reserve will seek input from a wide range on stakeholders that might use a CBDC or be affected by its introduction. This paper concludes with a request for public comment. The first step in a broad consultation that will also include target outreach and public forums. Finally, we get to the introduction. The Federal Reserve is exploring the implementations of and options for issuing a CBDC. For the purpose of this paper, a CBDC is defined as a digital liability of Drake CD. Or it actually says on the Federal Reserve that is widely available to the general public. While Americans have long held money predominantly in digital forms, for example, in bank accounts recorded as computer entries on commercial bank ledgers, a CBDC would differ from existing digital money available to the general public, Gimel public, because a CBDC would be a liability of the Federal Reserve, not on a commercial bank. Camels are on. And up. A CBDC could potentially offer a range of benefits. For example, it could provide households and businesses a convenient electronic form on central bank money with the safety and liquidity that would entail. Give entrepreneurs a platform on which to create new financial products and services. Support faster and cheaper payments, including cross-border payments, and expand consumer access to the financial system. A CBDC could also pose certain risks and would raise a variety on important position questions, including how it might affect financial sector market structure, the cost and availability of credit the safety and stability of the financial system and the efficiency of money policy positions. The introduction of a CBDC would represent a highly significant innovation with American money. Accordingly, this would be America first. Broad consultation with the general public and key stakeholders is essential. This paper is the first step in such a conversation. And I'll walk you through this conversation. It describes the economic context for a CBDC, key position considerations, and the potential risk and benefits on a U.S. CBDC. It also solicits feedback from all interested parties.
The Federal Reserve does not intend to proceed with issuance of a CBDC without clear support from the executive branch and from Congress, ideally in the form on specific authorized Aiden's law. The existing forms on money. Money serves as a means of payment, a store on value, a unit on account. In United States, money takes multiple forms. Pa-built, pa-back, pa-better. Central bank money is a liability on the central bank. In the United States, central bank money comes in the form on physical currency issued by the Federal Reserve and digital balances held by commercial banks at the Federal Reserve. Commercial bank money is the digital form of money that is most commonly used by the public. Commercial bank money is held on accounts at commercial banks. Non-bank money is a digital money held as balances at non-bank financial service providers. These firms typically conduct balance transfers on their own books using a range on technology, including mobile apps. The different types of money carry different amounts on credit and liquidity risks. Commercial bank money has very little credit or liquidity risk due to federal deposit insurance. The supervision and regulatory on commercial banks and commercial banks access to central bank liquidity. Non-bank money lacks the full range on protections on commercial bank money and therefore uh, carries more credit liquidity with risk. Uh, central bank money carries neither credit nor liquidity risk. That's the takeaway. And is therefore considered the safest form on money. Central bank money serves as the foundation on the financial system and overall economy. Commercial bank money, non-bank money are denominated in the same units as central bank money, U.S. dollars and are intended to be convertible into central bank money. The payment system. The U.S. payment system connects a broad range on financial institutions, symposiums, households, businesses. Most payments in the United States rely on interbank payment services such as the ACH network or wire transfer systems uh, to move money from a sender's account at one bank to a recipient's account at another bank. Accordingly, interbank payment services are critical to the functioning and stability on the financial sector and the economy more broadly. Firms that operate interbank payment services are subject. Um, we got rid of them. Interbank payment systems may initially settle commercial bank money or central bank money, depending on their design. However, because central bank money has no credit or liquidity risk, central bank payment systems tend to underpin interbank payments and serve as the backbone 
on the broader payment systems. The use on central bank money to settle interbank payments promotes financial stability because it eliminates credit and liquidity risk with the payments. Recent innovation to the payments system, and this would be the Sparrow uh, Midrashic uh, on Joe Biden's uh, Built Back Better. Recent improvements to the U.S. payment system have focused on making payments faster, cheaper, more convenient, and more accessible. This uh, was January and it has since um, evolved with the conversation. For example, the Clearinghouse has developed the RTP network, which is a real-time interbank payment system for lower-value payments. The Federal Reserve is also building a new interbank settlement service for instant payments. The PGD Now service, scheduled to debut 2023. These instant payment services will enable commercial banks to promote payment services to households and businesses around the clock every day on the year with recipients gaining immediate access to transferable funds. The growth on these instant payment services could reduce the cost and fees associated with certain types of payments. In addition, a host on consumer-focused services that are accessible through mobile devices have made digital payments faster and more convenient. Some of these new payment services, however, could uh, pose financial stability, payment systems, integrity, and others. Not anymore. For example, if the growth on non-bank payment services were to cause a large-scale shift on money from commercial banks to non-banks, the resulting lack on equivalent protections that come with commercial bank money could introduce run risk or other stabilities financials. Not anymore. Remaining challenges for the financial system. So we got to get these out of the way and then we can get to the good stuff. While the existing U.S. payment system is generally effective, efficient, certain challenges remain. On particular, a significant number on Americans currently lack access to digital banking and payment services. Additionally, some payments, especially cross-border payments, remain slow and costly. Digital financial services and commercial bank money have become more accessible over time, and increasing numbers on Americans have opened and maintained bank accounts. Nonetheless, more than 7 million or over 5% of U.S. households remain unbanked. Nearly 20% more have bank accounts, but still rely on more costly financial services such as money orders, check cashing services, and payday loans. A variety on public and private sector efforts are underway to support financial inclusion. For example, the private sector Bank On initiative promotes low-cost, low-risk consumer checking accounts. The Federal Reserve Bank on Atlanta has also formed a special committee on payment inclusions, a public-private sector collaboration that is working to promote access to digital payments for vulnerable proper population. 
Cross-border payments currently face a number of challenges, including slow settlement, high fees, and limited accessibility. The sources of these frictions include the mechanics on currency exchange, variations in different countries, regimes, and technological infrastructure, time zone complications, and coordination problems among intermediaries, including correspondent banks and non-bank financial service providers, the regulatory requirements related to money and uh, other complications. Finally, certain destination countries for cross-border payments have limited competition, allowing existing providers to set high fees. As of the second quarter on 2021, the average cost in sending a remittance from the United States to other countries was 5.41% on the national uh, value on transactions. These high costs have a significant impact on households that make remittance transactions high costs for cross-border payments also affect smaller businesses that make infrequent global payments to suppliers. Reducing these costs could benefit economic growth, enhance global commerce, improve international remittance, and reduce inequality. Digital assets. Technological innovation, here we go, has recently ushered a wave on digital assets with money-like characteristics. These, quotation, cryptocurrencies arose from a combination on cryptographic and distributed ledger technologies which together provide a foundation for decentralized peer-to-peer payments. Cryptocurrencies have not been widely adopted as for payment on the United States. They remain subject to extreme price volatility, are difficult to use without service providers, and have severe limitations on transaction throughput. Many cryptocurrencies also come with an energy footprint Stable coins are a more recent incarnation on cryptocurrency that peg their value to one or more assets, such as a sovereign currency or commodity. Stable coins pegged to the US dollar are predominantly used today to facilitate trading on digital assets, but many firms are exploring ways to promote stable coin as a widespread means on payment. A full discussion on stablecoin arrangements is outside the scope of this paper. However, the President's Working Group on Financial Markets, PWG, along with the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, an office on the Comptroller of the Currency, OCC, recently published a report Matt, on payment stablecoins, and the PWG report... Um, format notes the well-designed and appropriately regulated uh, on a stablecoin could potentially support faster, more efficient, and more inclusive payment options. 
The PWG also has a note, however, that the potential for increased use on stablecoins as um, payment raises a range on concerns related to potential for destabilizing runs, disruptions on payment system, and concentration on economic power. The PWG report highlights GAP, the authority on regulators to reduce these risks. To address the risk on payment stablecoins, the PWG report recommends that Congress act promptly to enact legislation that would ensure payment on stablecoins and payment stablecoins arrangements are subject to a consistent and comprehensive federal regulatory framework. Such legislation would um, uh, complement complicate um, what is the current standard. Here we go. Central Bank Digital Currency Title. The Federal Reserve is considering how a CBDC might fit into the U.S. money and payments landscape. A crucial test for a potential CBDC is whether it would prove superior to other methods that might address issues concern outlined on this paper. As noted above, for the purpose of this discussion paper, CBDC is defined as a digital liability on the Federal Reserve that is widely available to the general public. Today, Federal Reserve notes, i.e. physical currency, are the only type on central bank money available to the general public. Like existing forms on commercial bank money and non-money, a CBDC would enable the Gimel public to make digital payments. As a liability on the Federal Reserve, however, a CBDC would not require mechanisms like deposit insurance to maintain public confidence, nor would a CBDC depend on backing by an underlying asset pool to maintain its value. A CBDC would be the safest digital asset available to the Gimel public with no associated credit or liquidity risk. That sounds good. The Federal Reserve will continue to explore a wide range on design options for a CBDC. While no decision has been made on whether to pursue a CBDC as of January 2022, analysis to date suggests that a potential U.S. CBDC if one were created, would best serve the needs of the United States by being privacy protected, intermediated, widely verifiable, and transferable. Uh, intermediated. The Federal Reserve Act does not authorize direct Federal Reserve accounts for individuals, and such accounts would represent a significant expansion on the Federal Reserve's role in the financial system and the economy. Under an intermediated model, the private sector would offer accounts or digital wallets to facilitate the management on CBDC holdings and payments. Potential intermediaries could include commercial banks and regulated non-bank financial service providers and would operate in an open market for CBDC services, although commercial banks and non-banks would offer services to individuals to manage their CBDC holdings and payments 
the CBDC itself would be a liability on the Federal Reserve. An intermediated model would facilitate the use on the private sector's existing privacy and identity management frameworks, leverage the private sector's ability to innovate, and reduce the prospects for destabilizing disruptions to the well-functioning U.S. system. Transferable for a CBDC to serve as a wide accessible part of payment, it would need to be readily transferable between customers on different intermediaries. The ability to transfer value seamlessly between different intermediaries makes the payment system more efficient by allowing money to move freely through the economy. This would be from the Federal Reserve. Uses and functions on a CBDC. CBDC transactions would need to be final and complete on real time, allowing users to make payments to one another using a risk-free asset. Individuals, businesses, and governments could potentially use a CBDC to make basic purchases on goods and services or pay bills, and government could use a CBDC to collect taxes or make benefit payments directly to citizens. Additionally, a CBDC could potentially be programmed to, for example, deliver payments at certain times. Potential benefits on a CBDC. A CBDC could potentially serve as a new foundation for the payment system and a bridge between different payment services, both legacy and new. could also maintain the centrality on safe and trusted central bank money in a rapidly digitalized economy. Safely meet future needs and demands for payment system. A U.S. CBDC would offer the general public the Gimel public broad access to digital money that is free from credit risk and liquidity risk. As such, it could provide a safe foundation for private sector innovations uh, to meet current and future needs and demands for payment services. All options for private digital money, including stable coins and other cryptocurrencies, require mechanisms to reduce liquidity risk and credit risk. But all these mechanisms are imperfect on our rapidly digitalizing economy. Proliferation on the digital money could present risk to both individual users and financial system on whole. A U.S. CBDC could move some of these risks while supporting private sector innovation. A CBDC might also help to level the playing field on payment innovation for private sector uh, firms for all sizes. For some smaller firms, the cost and risk on issuing a safe and robust form on private money and maybe prohibitive. A CBDC could overcome this barrier and allow private sector innovators to focus on new access services, distribute methods, and related service offerings. Finally, a CBDC might 
generate new capacities to meet the evolving speed and efficiency required on the digital economy. As noted above, for example, a CBDC could potentially be programmed to deliver payments at a certain time. Additionally, a CBDC could potentially be used to carry out micropayments. Financial transactions, they usually occur online and involve very small sums of money, which uh, traditional payment systems are not necessarily designated to facilitate. Improvements to cross-border payments. You like this section. CBDC has the potential to streamline cross-border payments by using new technologies, introducing simplified distribution channels, and creating additional opportunities for cross-jurisdictional collaboration and intro operability. Realizing these potential improvements would require significant international coordination to address issues such as common standard and infrastructures. The type one intermediaries would be able to access any new infrastructure framework and cost and timing on any implementation. Heading support the dollar's international role. Another potential benefit on a U.S.-issued CBDC could be to preserve the dominant international role on the U.S. dollar. The dollar is the world's most widely used currency for payments and investments. It also serves as the world's reserve currency. The dollar's international role benefits the United States by, among other things, lowering transaction and borrowing costs for U.S households, businesses, and government. The dollar's international role also allows the United States to influence standards for the global money system. Today, the dollar is widely used across the globe because of the depth and liquidity of the U.S. financial market. The size and openness on the U.S. economy and international trust on U.S. and rule on Aden's law. It is important, however, to consider the implementations on a potential future state in which many foreign countries and uh, currency unions may have introduced CBDCs. Some have suggested that if these new CBDCs were more attractive than existing forms on the U.S. dollar, global use on the dollar could decrease and a U.S. CBDC might help preserve the international rule on dollar smart financial inclusion promote financial inclusion particularly for economically um, middle households and communities is a high priority for the federal reserve private sector electronic transaction accounts facilitate access to digital payments enable rapid and cost-effective payments on taxes, enable rapid and cost-effective delivery on wages, tax refunds, and other federal payments provide a secure way for people to save and promote access to credit. Some have suggested that the CBDC could reduce common barriers to financial inclusion and could lower transaction costs, which could be particularly helpful for low-income households. Further study would be helpful to assess the potential for CBDC to expand financial inclusion, including cases targeted to underserved and lower income households. 
Extend public access to safe central bank money. Cash is currently the only central bank money that is available to the general public, and it remains an important and popular means on payment. According to a 2020 survey, U.S. consumers use cash for 19% on total transactions. The Federal Reserve is committed to ensuring the safety and ability on cash and is considering a CBDC to expand safe payment options, not to reduce or replace them. Some jurisdictions' digital payments have rapidly supplanted cash. Well, cash use on the United States fell from 40% on transactions in 2012 um, to 19% in 2020. Other countries have seen more rapid declines. Sweden, for example, the proportion on cash payment fell from 33% to less than 10% over the same period. China, 50% on point-of-sales payments are made with a mobile wallet or app, while cash accounts for just 13% of point-on-sale payments. If these trends were to emerge on the United States, consumers might want the option on digitalized central bank money that, like cash, would have no credit or liquidity risk attached to it. Uh, we just did that. Here we go. Skipping ahead a little bit. Efficiency on monetary policy implementations. A CBDC design would influence how it might affect monetary position. Under the current parentheses, ample reserves monetary policy regime. The Federal Reserve exercises control on the level on federal funds rates. That, I think, would be the highlight, uh, just reading this, that it would get out on this document. And how impactful it is. Uh, through the settling on Federal Reserve administrative rates this regime does not require active This framework, the introduction on CBDC, could affect monetary implementation and interest rate control by altering the supply on reserves on the in the banking system. In the case on a non-interest-bearing CBDC, the level and volatility on volatility on the public's demand for CBDC might be comparable other factors that currently affect the quality on reserves on the banking uh, uh, network on changes on physical currency overnight repurchase agreements in this case a decline in CBDC 
It resulted in a corresponding increase. Unreserves would only make reserves more ample. Would have little effect on federal funds rates. Similarly, an increase on CBDC that pushes reserves lower would also have little effect on the federal funds rate if the initial supply on reserves were largely enough to provide an adequate buffer. Over the long term, the Federal Reserve might have to increase the size on its balance sheet to accommodate CBDC growth. Similar to the balance sheet impact on issuing increasing amounts on physical currency, the need would be to the extent that demand for the CBDC represent a shift or directly or indirectly away from the Federal Reserve's non-reserve liability, including physical currency. Additionally, Federal Reserve would likely need to increase the level on reserves on average in order to provide Sparrow an adequate buffer against unanticipated increases on CBDC. Such surges could otherwise push the aggregate qualities on reserves, banking systems below the ample level, and put upward pressure on Federal Reserve. The interactions between CBDC and monetary position implementation would be more pronounced and more complicated if the CBDC were interest bearing at levels that are comparable to rates on other safe as when they write here that they have it i'm going to give them their victory and that's uh, all of that uh there should be operational resilience as well Seeking comments and next steps. As noted above, the introduction on a CBDC would represent a highly significant innovation on American money. This paper is the first step on a public discussion between the Federal Reserve and stakeholders about CBDC. The Federal Reserve will only take further steps towards developing a CBDC if research points to benefits for households, businesses, and the economy overall that exceed the downside risk and indicates that CBDC is superior to alternative methods. Furthermore, the Federal Reserve would only pursue a CBDC on the context on broad public and cross-governmental support. The Federal Reserve welcomes comments from all stakeholders on the questions listed below. The Federal Reserve will also conduct target outreach and convene public forums to foster broad dialogue about CBDC. And it lists these public questions and comments on monetary submissions for these papers and you could um, at one window list your 
thoughts on the CBDC. And since this is a conversation, we want to walk with uh, the listener uh, on this conversation about the CBDC with the questions that are asked here. And I'll go through some of these and think of how it might affect you, the listener. Question one. What additional potential benefits, policy considerations, or risk on a CBDC may exist that have not been raised on this paper. I want to take some time. Say, a lot has happened recently. Harris Faulkner is on Fox News and she says, I'm just looking for someone to get me caught up and take what the highlights are. And I'm going to phrase them with what some of these questions are here. What a benefit on a CBDC can do is it will bring confidence to um, those who are transacting with Bitcoin and Ethereum and it will also provide a balance. To know the audience that I'm talking to, uh, there was a big event, uh, December 1st, uh, called Turning Red, Code Grace 84, and it was to um, put to uh, the idea on the role on patriarchy and um, likewise views on value. And overwhelmingly, uh, the young people next gen had one uh, conversation called Pro-Life Now Next Rev that may be the biggest advent on our country and really the conversation on who will be next rev. The implications on that were that uh, you ask the idea does Uranus with 84 years comprehend Saturn with 30 years? Uh, how would that um, effect ideas on the country and it would be all the confidence as gold was split from the dollar at Brenton Woods 
so is Ruth Bader Ginsburg's version on culture and the new PDSH tribe and the rule on PT. PD over PT. And that begins the conversation that um, next gen looks good. And um, if you were to go to the patriarchy where the show is, you're going to need next gen to show up. The idea, 1971 to 2022, there's no confidence. And now, 2022, this is the paper that is looking for olive branch, put back, put better. And that would be my short answer, confidence. Question two. Could some or all the potential benefits on a CBDC be better achieved on a different way? When this was listed, it went for the idea this is digital currency, like P2P. You know, that Joe Biden channels the New Deal. And part of that idea is what a dollar looks like when there's the idea on design. There's a proverb that says, do not move your father's landmark. And Midrashically, he put that idea along with CBDC that the look and feel would be familiar. That is an innovation since these questions were asked. Could a CBDC affect financial inclusion? Would the net effect be positive or negative for inclusion? E speak like has been updated. Uh, that would be on realm that there are words that are more aligned than others. Which is why I'm happy I get to speak um, some of my own. Where the idea would be positive on what uh, FDR said was not in the PGD, but PGD, and monies at the bank. Some of the things I get from the Federal Reserve is that's where the Pepsi is. So you have this story on Hunter Biden that it's put at the news that there are so many banks that would reject what he's doing. And from the level on Abbott Elementary, when you do, just as this was 
written here, there's more confidence from the central bank. And this is at the layer that financing is a stewardship. You're going to find more Pepsi at the crest when it comes to this conversation on confidence and it comes to this conversation on trust. So the idea then would be you open your dollar store and that would be inclusion and that would be positive. How might a U.S. CBDC affect the Federal Reserve's ability to effectively implement monetary policy, pursuit of employment, and price stability goals? Joe Biden talks about the union. And there is that idea that where there's loss on confidence with the dollar, there is the CBDC that brings people confidence. Where they ask some more on these questions, I'm going to go down through and find the Pepsi here. If cash usage declines, is it important to preserve the public's access to a form on central bank money that can be used widely for payment? Yes, this is the group that is ready to let the inflation just go with it. Every day you turn on TV, Fox Business Channel, Ethereum, Bitcoin, are up and Federal Reserve found that uh, America first is to align with that as to be Ethereum and Bitcoin and then this is what it is convertible Ethereum Bitcoin as confidence with the numeric value on that dollar and should a CBDC be legal tender? Uh, Aiden's law is uh, this idea of what Trumpism was uh, evolved as law on attraction, practiced as best it can. And uh, there's a, a, a tone with uh, this generation and the next gen movement that it's libertarian and what libertarian is doing is establishing where trust can be and with Joe Biden's administration uh, Aleph Lamed Lamed people uh, it's for everybody so it has libertarian tone as to the idea that tight race car is useless and loose is 
all we want. Here it says this idea. Should a CBDC pay interest? If so, why and how? If not, why not? And this is the idea that it should be graduated um, 2% a year on um, the idea that ample reserves is a functionality where you watch a lot of videos that say the dollar is worthless and it says the Federal Reserve has one trick and here it's codified that it's ample reserves with ample reserves there is an art form um, that can be practiced and that is what CBDC aims to do Um, and that's really the extent on what uh, it can um, communicate um, with these questions here. If you want to comment on the paper, they're on the Federal Reserve's website. And uh, I'm thankful that you took the time to have this conversation.